Hey friends, welcome to Financial Fixer. I'm your host, Amanda Delaney. This podcast is for women who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. This is the place where we get real and talk about our money even when it's hard. I help women step out in courage, take control of their money, and build the confidence to take the ultimate journey to financial independence. In this show, I share my best nuggets from the framework I used to get my own shit together and clean up my money mess. These systems and strategies are the same when I work with my one-to-one clients and community members. We practice daily practical and actionable habits that may seem tiny but have mighty results. So if you're ready to get excited about your money and turn your confusion into clarity and maybe even get a little triggered into getting your ass in gear, listen up because your future matters. Hello and welcome back to the Financial Fixer podcast. I'm so happy that you are here. Thank you so much for showing up here today. Um, I know it's been a hot minute since I've been on the podcast. I took a little intentional break through November and just wanted to let you know that I do love you and I'm still coming back. It just was one of those things that I had to do, take a little break. However, I did celebrate the one year anniversary of the Financial Fixer podcast on November 16th. So I thought I would just shout that out. I can't believe it's been a whole year and we've just been growing and getting to know ourselves and learning more about money every step of the way. And I do appreciate all of the followers and listeners. Thank you so much. So this interview is with my friend and my client, Meredith Coviello Felice. She is a podcast host as well and also a healing coach. So her podcast is Sweat and Reflect. So you should definitely check it out. I will leave that information in the show notes. You're just going to love her message about healing, uh, getting to know yourself and standing on your own two feet after loss. We got to talk about the tough things. So we're going to talk about that today here in this podcast. So I hope you enjoy. It's not just a want, it's not a vanity thing. Other things I've purchased, I've found gift cards. So I was like, I have to use them anyway. And they've been sitting with me for like two years at this point. So instead of waiting for something, I'm just going to buy, you know, that sweater that I want or whatever. Um, So I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm, I feel like I'm being much more intentional in terms of what I'm showing up to purchase. I freaking love this. You want to know what I did the other day? I, okay. So you're going to die. I talk about gift cards. Okay. I was given this gift card for this beautiful restaurant that we have nearby, like in the Tampa area, 11 years ago. First of all, number one, the restaurant still exists. And number two, the gift card still had money on it. I had this gift card because for some crazy wackadoodle reason, I hadn't had a chance to go back to that restaurant. I hadn't been in 11 years. And the other day I was cleaning out my wallet. I, I have a pretty organized wallet, but it's so funny because if gift cards will legitimately stay with me until they're used, like, right. It's hilarious. And I was like, this effing gift card from Capitol grill has come with me everywhere, thick and thin, like legitimately in five different wallets, 10 different wallets, who knows, but this thing has been just like this keepsake, right? So I called and I checked and the hundred dollars was still on this thing. And I said, babe, 
dude, we have got to go like our next date, which we, we hardly date and it's, it's getting bad. But anyways, we ended up finally going, I think it was June or July or something like that. We were celebrating something, but, um, yes, 11 years I held on to this. Gift That's card. amazing. And it was a beautiful dinner. Just, you know, like timing is everything. I don't know where, what this aligns with this conversation, but it's just freaking funny, you know? <laughs> well, it's also just like, I have money. <laughs> yeah. And I, f- I feel like I, I don't know, like I, I guess uh, my point in mentioning that too, is that I got it 11 years ago when I was a freaking disaster with my money. Right. Um, but I think I had the, the ideals were there on being money conscious or something like I was, I'm, I've, I'm a saver. I've got that little bit of saver at heart. And I was really proud of myself for not losing that hundred dollars. I mean, that was a hundred dollars sitting in my wallet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. even though I went through all that money mess in those years of disaster and paying off over six figures in debt and just a big hot mess, but I, I kept that hundred dollars and I, and then it, I put it to good use. Yeah. And you were able to you celebrate know? it. Yeah. I celebrated it and I, it, and I did celebrate, you know what we were celebrating? We were actually celebrating my one year of being a corporate dropout. Yes. And I had used a gift card, which of course the gift card didn't even cause the dinners here are like, you know, $200 dinners. Right. right. But still it didn't even cover our meal, but it was like, it was a, just a beautiful gift to myself. You know, like, I don't know. I like, love that. Just, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was special. So anyway, yeah. Good stories. Um, so let's go ahead and pivot. Let's talk about, how about you just introduce yourself, even though okay. we've already been like, you know, hanging <laughs> Gabbing. Out for a while. <laughs> introduce yourself a little bit to the, you know, audience, tell them about you and also, you know, a little, just break into your, um, your podcast and about your new business that, that you're working on. I'd, I'd really like to hear more about it. Sure. Oh, well, I'm so like, just thankful to be here. I mean, connecting with you, Amanda has been already so transformative and it's been like a hot second. Um, but I'm Meredith and I am in a major state of transition and growth personally, financially, professionally. I left the stable world of teaching back in June and have launched myself onto this journey of being an entrepreneur, of being a life coach and just fueling my heart and my soul with, with the gift of as cheesy as it sounds life. Um, I've been through, like, I don't even really know how to qualify it. Um, probably one of the worst experiences someone can go through. I lost my husband, um, May of 2020, very unexpectedly. And since then I've had to grow and rebuild as an individual, as a widow, as someone who has adopted the, or who had adopted the belief that I was messy with money and couldn't manage it without a man's help. And now I'm just here to really take control of every aspect of my life and just find peace in what I do day to day, how I view and connect with money and just my presence in this world. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. 
um, you're just, first of all, amazing. We have only known each other a hot minute. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like I have really taken so much from value myself from this relationship already, um, which, which is so, um, it's really cool. I, I, I do get a lot of, of that healing myself through helping others to transform and heal themselves. So, um, I feel like I'm in just the most, um, awesome position to be able to take this journey with you. So, and thank you so much for, you know, just talking about some vulnerable things, um, especially loss. I have not been through that. And I am hopeful that this conversation, um, resonates with someone and that someone can, that can relate to really truly relate and align with you can hear this today and, um, get some piece of comfort and some healing through the conversations that we're having. So, you know, obviously loss, trauma, tragic things that happen, um, oftentimes turn into a financial crisis, right? Like we've just gone through major world crisis, right? That ultimately has turned into a financial crisis as you can only imagine. Um, So, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about that, about going through that type of tragic loss and then learning how to um, embody that woman that is, really can identify with a woman that's tracking to become wealthy. Um, because that's not easy. Um, but you can do it on your own. So very clearly you can do it on your own. Talk a little bit about how you're feeling. Um, you know, what that means to you to take responsibility, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess just for like some background, um, and maybe someone can connect with this. I am the oldest. I am obviously female. Um, I come from a very traditional Italian family and I am blessed beyond belief in that my family, particularly my dad will do whatever for me. Um, especially when it comes to finances in terms of making, like I, I never grew up thinking that I couldn't have something like money was never an option. Um, yeah, the fact that I'd be without money was never really a thought, um, which I know is very rare and I'm forever grateful. But as I've grown up um, and I've realized the importance of money, I started telling myself, I can't handle it. I can't actually understand the influx, the how to pay things, how to stick to a budget. And when I was younger, um, I met, you know, at 18, I met my late husband and we started just building our life together right then and there. And he had the financial brain. And I had always said, I don't have a math brain. I don't like math. I don't like numbers. You know, I just have this card and I can just, woo, money comes out of it and I can get what I want. And so I never really thought logically about the, the implications of not understanding my money. And as I got older, I would, I feared money. Like when I had to pay rent, when I had to, when I was paying for school, when I was doing whatever, it was this major scarcity mindset. And since my husband died, I've realized I cannot view money like that anymore because it's been paralyzing me. And 
it's made me really dig deep and say, okay, why do I believe I'm not good with money? How can I start to change that narrative and also learn to stand on my own two feet? Like I've had a lot of really hard conversations with my dad about what, um, what I want money to represent to me that, that I need, that I need to be in control of it. Even if God forbid, I lose it all every dollar I ever make. That's something that I need to be okay with and learned how to stand independently within that. I don't really know if any of that made sense. I just kind of got lost in the, in the whole story of it, but. Yeah. Um, oh, it makes a ton of sense. Um, I guess I'll kind of backtrack to where, you know, the conversations that we first started having when we, you know, really connected was, um, you know, because this is, this is a really tough thing. It was like, you know, that I had a little bit of a response to, you know, my dad's, you know, got some control over the finances and this and that, but however, that's my response based on, you know, a broad picture of my experiences or what I know to be true. Right. But the other thing that I do understand is that when you're in a crisis situation or when you've just gone through trauma or loss, major loss in grieving stages, excuse the vehicle that's like charging past my window. But anyways, when you are going through something like that, it is extremely, it's a foggy, foggy time. Yeah. And making big decisions during that foggy time um, can really hurt your future. It can, it can not serve where you want to go with this. Right. So I think in your healing process, you're doing a lot of rebuilding. You're doing a lot of, um, confidence building, um, you know, to where you, you're becoming independent internally. And then that independence is going to turn into tangible things such as growing your own wealth on your own, and then eventually put possibly with another partner and so on, but you're going to be so much in control that you're, you know, you're going to be, um, whole, um, prior to making other, having other transitions take place and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, you're, what you said a few minutes ago about asking yourself questions, you know, starting to rearrange or transition the, the narrative that's, that's being spoke in your mind. I mean, that takes work and it takes time. And they say, you know, the cliche that time heals it's true. However, you know, there's a process to it. So you have to apply some, some tools to get through the healing process. Um, and sometimes not having the freedom of choice, I guess this is where I'm going with this cause I'm everywhere, but not having the freedom of choice for a little while is okay because choice can sometimes be an anxiety provoking thing, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, I have choices. Oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. What am I going to do? Everything's on fire. I mean, and that is a, not a good place to be when you've just gone through loss and you're still grieving. And, you know, I, I have been through this with clients, older clients where they've lost a husband and, you know, we made decisions. Fortunately, I was there to assist during the, the lost time um, and be a, a you know, someone that you could trust. Right. So like, fortunately for you, 
you have your dad that is someone that you can trust. Obviously, he's got no ill will with what you know, happens with your money. He wants to make sure that it's there to protect you and to serve your future. Totally love that. You're so fortunate. And then there's the flip side. Let's make sure that that doesn't go on forever, right? While you're yep. rebuilding, you're taking ownership and you're saying, okay, it's time for me to take control. I'm going to find peace through this process. And as you get more competent and you grow through it, then you can take back control and it just happens in stages, you know? Um, and again, I'm talking high level here, not going through it personally, but just from what I've learned over the, over time, you know, that's the only thing that helps me to try to understand even close to what you're going through, which is not possible. <laughs> so, but I appreciate it because again, like you said, there, there is this real fog and sometimes I don't even realize that I'm still in it. Um, but when I kind of look at my day-to-day -day narrative, and that I do have those slow moments or there are the reactionary payments of, oh, if I pay for this thing, it will change my life. You know, there, there is that implementation component of it. And so that is something that I am still really working on. I mean, after my husband died within, he died in May by the first week of August, I had moved back home with my parents to alleviate, you know, just the a lot of the financial burden of keeping a house and all of that. And then I went back to work, um, you know, in the middle of this pandemic as a teacher and I never just stopped and I never really thought about, okay, what really were like the financial implications of all of this? What is it that I'm trying to obtain? And so it's really only now, you know, a year and a half after the fact that I'm actually asking myself the, myself these questions and thinking about this narrative and thinking about, okay, it's wonderful that I have my dad's support and how can I take back this control? And again, not rest on my laurels, but know that I am capable of doing the finances, of making decisions in my life about what I'm doing, where I'm living, who I'm associating with, like really just building back all of those pieces. And I'm realizing how much of it is financial because I've always had this fear, this angst associated with money. And I'm nowhere near having like a very peaceful relationship with money, but I'm so much closer, especially through working with you to having that peaceful relationship than I've ever been before. Yeah. That is so freaking awesome. Um, it's, I, I think when we had first started talking, I kind of told you, I said, you know, mark my words, like this is going to turn into, you know, something that you can't imagine, right? Like you, you know, the way you think now is almost like, I can't imagine feeling like I'm good with money or, you know, or that I, I can actually budget like that's insane. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just not been good at it. Right. Yep. Um, but it's simply because you haven't potentially had the right mentor or someone to actually give you the tools and say, no, if you do this, this is really, truly going to work. Someone that's like, you know, you will be a millionaire if you just do these things, right. Um, that you trust because right. again, timing is everything. So, I mean, you just maybe weren't meant to, um, to get that knowledge before. And if you got the knowledge, maybe you weren't ready to implement it, whatever the case, but, um, we have to go, I just kind of go back to me and my own experience was, 
so painful. I had so much financial trauma that, um, <laughs> I'm a psycho now. <laughs> like I literally am psychotic over helping others not go through that trauma or prevent it or stop it from happening. Stop the bleed, minimize it. Um, whatever it is just to transform in some way so that that trauma can be calmed and no longer seen that way. Um, and because, because I, that's my pain that was so painful for me. I mean, like really bad. It, I was victimized. I was, you know, in toxic situations, I was, um, taken advantage of in the workplace and, or within relationships. Right. And it was all because of my dependency because I was not good with money or I wasn't treating it with respect. Um, and that's, you know, just doing the things that we think are right or that we think, um, well, I've always done it this way. So that must be, or I'm, um, I've always been this way with it. So I'll just out earn my, my issues. Right. Like I always thought, I always thought that I could out earn my financial problems. Yeah, oh, it's fine. I'm like invisible. I'm, th I'm in my thirties. I can totally out earn this problem. Right. Like I was legit, like, I'm just going to sell more. So I'll just make more money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If I'm a millionaire, then it doesn't yeah. matter if I'm putting things on the credit card. Yeah, that, exactly. And my mentality was just, um, well, I'm, I'm, it can just, I can fix it. Um, you know, and it was, but it was not, it, it was weird. It was like, I really wasn't fixing anything. It was always just bandaging this, bandaging that going, you know, you know, robbing for Peter to, PayPal, you know, yep. like the whole cliche of that. Um, and then I just really learned like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just, I just have a misunderstanding and that's really what we're, what's happened to all of us, right? Is yep. mostly it's a misunderstanding. It's a misconception. It's something that we, you know, fell through the cracks for us and we were just like, really didn't get it. Um, and so like you said, changing the narrative, um, having a conversation, a self-talk, um, you know, why am I thinking about doing this action? Um, is that really going to serve my goals? Which is obviously what we get to. We really get deep and down to what you really want. What, what do you want to prioritize in life? And then let's break it down into tiny chunks so that you can get to that target, whatever that is, you know? Um, but I just, I really love that, you can be honest about how you felt that the conversation about money turned into fear. Um, like you just started to fear money, but you didn't really, I don't think you really realized that that was what was happening, you know, at your young age when you got married young and things like that. I don't, I don't think that you realized how serious that fear was until it's become, you know, to this point. Oh, 100%. I mean, like I said, I grew up being able to live in a bubble. Like I worked, um, I mean, the most quote unquote successful I was with my money was right after college. I worked um, and I just saved and I saved and I saved, but then, and so I was like, oh, this is, this is great. You just keep saving, not realizing then that I've 
quickly paid, took those savings to go to grad school, which at the time is what I needed and what I thought I needed in order to rise up in my career. Um, but then you just find yourself in a situation where you're, you're sticking a bandaid on everything. Like you said, okay, well, I'm going to work. I'm getting my paycheck. You know, I, I knew I didn't want to live this menial life in terms of always having to look at my bank account, but that I didn't realize was just building up the fear because had I actually looked and maybe just started to make choices that were better, you know, I, I can't live in this maybe um, because then I'd never get over. I mean, not that I'll ever get over my husband's death, but I'm, I've put myself in a situation where I can't think about the, maybe had I made a different decision, there would be a different outcome because ultimately I can't change anything that's happened. Um, but looking back, I'm at least able to say, okay, you know, this, these are the choices that I made with my money. This is what I knew at the time. Now, all I can do is be better. I can't fault anybody. I can't blame anybody. I'm, I'm not even going to blame myself. I can just acknowledge this is the narrative. This is who I trusted at the time. Um, and, you know, I think, like you said before, yes, my late husband and my dad tried to talk to me about budgets. I was resistant to it for whatever reason. And I think part of it is that who was telling me mm-hmm. and something that I found just by working with you is that even though I know at the core of it, my dad and my late husband weren't in a state of judgment, that's how it, that's how I felt receiving that information about money, about budgeting. And again, it could also just be where I was in life. And now I'm at a point where I'm able to hear and really listen and process. But there was something about connecting with you and the way that you were speaking to me about money, about the changes that we could make about budgeting, that I was really able to hear it, internalize it and welcome it. So again, I just feel like I'm, I'm very much all over the place, but I think a lot of our money stories and the fear that we can often attribute to money is that we're not hearing it in a place where we're willing to accept it, but also might just be where that information is coming from. Oh yeah. And it's hardest. Yeah. We can actually get all the right information, but it's the, it's the person that not necessarily that we don't trust, but the person that we really may not want to hear it from. Yeah. I mean, how often, I mean, I know there's, plenty of times that someone's in my life, in my circle, giving me good information, but I didn't listen. Um, you know, and that's simply because who they are. I mean, it's just like, just for the same reason that I have to let my 19 year old daughter figure her finance finances out on her own because she's not ready to listen to me yet. That's not really true. She is listening to some, but she's not taking all of her financial advice from me. And that's just because I'm her mother, right? She, she, she trusts me. She knows that what I do works, but I'm her mom. I'm not cool. You know, I mean, when you really think about it. And so I think relatability has a lot to do with it. And, you know, even someone like my daughter, she can relate to me, but she doesn't want to, right. You know, she wants to relate to her peers. Right. So, you know, and that, when a father or a husband is, is 
preaching to us. And that's what it feels like that we're being preached or talked at, even if they're not, um, we're just not open and willing. And and when you can't be convinced against your will. Um, so timing really is everything and the, and the surroundings and the presence of, of who you're with. So, um, fortunately I think it's like that a lot with most of my members and, and clients is that, um, the relatability, the, the person that they're talking to is the biggest reason why they listen. Not necessarily that I have anything new to say, um, because what I'm saying, none of this is, um, brand new. Yes. My words are new. Like, I'm, you know, telling a different story, but, um, all the ideals and the, the processes and, and stuff like that, that I give you the framework is things that, you know, piece together from things that have been going on for years and years and years, right? A living on less than you make, for example. That's just the long and short of it, of what we're doing here is living on less than we make. But it's a lot more simplified when it's coming from someone that you're like, oh yeah, I'm really, I'm really vibing with her. So she knows what's up. She's the boss, right? Like that's easy, um, you know, but I'm not vibing with my, with my dad, you know, like I'm just not. <laughs> So well, and even like like you said, like I obviously trust my dad, I trust my late yeah. husband. Um, but like they were also very similar in terms of just being like very strong in in who they were. And I mean, I'm also stubborn, but also they had that protective nature. And not that you don't have that protective nature, but your protective protectiveness in related in relation to me is at a very different level. They just wanted to keep me in a bubble because then they knew I'd be safe no matter what, which again, there is nothing wrong with that. And I'm incredibly grateful. But when it comes to me understanding money and my own stories regarding money, that made me feel suffocated. It made me feel like money was a negative thing as opposed to that. It is just a thing. It doesn't have a positive or negative. It, it's just an energy exchange. And so- putting myself in these situations now, especially again, working with you, it's, it's all being processed and understood on a level that you, you all have the same intentions. Y'all are trying to help me. You all want me to be good with money. You all want me to feel comfortable, but it's just, just that listening piece on my end that that's now shifted it. Yeah. So the, so the difference is the bias. So I will not be sitting at your Thanksgiving dinner. However, I'd like to. You can. You're welcome to come to Jersey. Thank you so much. You never know. However, I am not in the family. So I don't know whose uncle is, you know, fighting with your sister. I don't know any of that dynamic. All I know is what you're telling me. So I can completely come at this from a non-bias, you know, only informational, informational place, as opposed to a place of emotion, because your family is going to be, I, I'm, I, obviously, you know, we cry together, so I do get emotional, but it's in a different way. <laughs> it's, it's not emotional. Like I, need to save her because she's my sister and that kind of thing. No, it's, it's, I need to save her because she, she, she's me. That's the difference. You're me. Yeah. So I'm going to, 
I'm going to do what I can, but I'm not going to be, you know, aware and judgmental. Like you've already said, I won't be judging in any way because you're me, <laughs> you know? Yep. So there's the difference. Yeah. So it's really interesting. I, I can appreciate that you brought that topic up. Um, it does come up a lot where somebody's like, I just need to have a conversation with somebody that is not going to judge me. And that's why clearly why the community, you know, has continued to grow and um, the conversations are continuing to be had because we can say things where, you know, there is no judgment, there is no shame, um, even though there is, you know, there's shame internally, we're working to change that. So, you know, it should be talked about and we should do, do and say things that bring us shame and discomfort um, so that we can get through it, right? And, and, and heal, um, you know, it's pure healing, really what we're doing. Absolutely, because the longer we sit in it, the worse it becomes, which is how I got to a point of being like, I don't think I can ever get out of this. And then it just took a second to, you know, actually just be transparent about it all. And you were like, no, you will. I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't know how I'm, you know, I'm going to let you steer that part of the ship, but I'm going to trust that. Yeah. If you tell me that there's a light end at the end of the tunnel, that there will be. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and as you can imagine with my experience, um, you know, the credibility grows and, and stuff like that. So in my, co- my confidence has grown, right? So as I've seen transformations over and over again, and also I get more examples, more sample sets, so to speak. And so I'm able to uh, really fortunately share, not like, you know, people's names, but I can say, oh, that that's so aligned with what just happened the other day with my other client or my other, you know, uh, husband, wife, team client set that I work with, you know, that really is aligned with, you know, what you're talking about and, and, oh my gosh. So, and that's, that's the reason why the group coaching program and the Academy works really well too, because here's the deal. I was where you are, but I'm not there anymore. Um, so of course I can share how to, you know, the how to's as to how to change. However, I can't be relatable in the current, in the real time right? I can only say, I remember when blah, 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 but I can't really be like, I'm in the suck. I'm in the trenches too. So what's great about the Academy is that, you know, other people are in the suck potentially as well, or some of them are actually out of debt and just trying to, you know, maintain millionaires at this point, right? Like they're, they're growing their wealth or their net worth is going up. But in most cases, it's, you know, we're in the suck. We're trying to get out of corporate. It could be something big like that, similar to me. It could be a you know big student loan debt, huge student loan debt. I mean, like, oh, whoa, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, so you know, so many different factors. But um, yeah, we we've got to have. That's why this stuff like AA and things like that really works because we're in this together. We're gonna stop you know, doing this thing together yep. and we're going to, you know, get to the next level together. Um, personal finances. Yes, they're personal. And we, you know, we have to make those decisions on our own, but like when we know that we've got like just someone to just be like, come on, sis, let's move, you know, that, that really helps a lot. So 100%. And again, as I was saying to you earlier, like I'm so much more mindful now of, when I'm clicking that purchase button, 
you know, it's no longer just a automatic. It's okay. Do I really need this? Let me let it sit for a little bit. And that alone is huge. Even if it's stuff that I know I need, I'm like, okay, like, let's just take a beat. Just sit with the fact that you need this. Like I should to buy a bridesmaid's dress. I had no way out of that, (laughs) but to sit and be like, okay, this is not like a negative, just you got to pay for it. And we'll, we'll accept it and move, you know, through it after that. Oh my gosh. You're building the muscle. So you're just creating that repetition of thinking through, um, which is ultimately by default going to save you so much freaking money. Um, that's the, that's the reason why the tracking is so key because when you're tracking what you're doing, then you have, you know, data to go back and look at your progress as well. And then you kind of can get into that cadence of seeing little tiny wins over time. Um, but as you're doing it, it's like those little things that you're doing right now, they seem so insignificant. It's really weird. But then like over time you watch them compound and you're like, wow. So like, cause we can't really put math to everything you do. Right. right. Um, but what you see is your budget is starting to get better and better and better. And then your bank account is growing, growing, growing. So like these, these things are snowballing and like kind of behind the scenes in a sense. And every time you check in on, on them, they're like better and different and you're like, Oh wow. And it's almost like, you know, when I was a salesperson, for example, I remember one time thinking like I had a really busy day, for example, and I was like, God, I'm just getting calls from everywhere. Totally overwhelmed, bunch of sales in the pipeline, all this stuff going, which is a good problem to have. Okay. When right. you're a salesperson. But I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't, how are all, how are all these customers coming at me? Like needing this, needing that. Wow. And it felt like I had done nothing to deserve it. I remember feeling like I had done nothing and even asking myself, why are all these customers calling me like without me initiating the sale? Right. And it was because I had done so much little shit on the way. Like I had been showing up consistently. I had been doing the work, answering questions, faux free, you know, putting in that time, planting, watering, doing all that stuff. And now it's time to harvest. You know, so that's what you're going to do. You're going to gather, 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 water, 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 plant, you know, just keep trickling, trickling, trickling. And then boom, you're going to be harvesting all of a sudden and things are going to be compounding and it'll be like, what the hell? That was easy. It'll, it'll be really weird. Like, like that was easy. What was happening here? Money's just flowing. How did I get here? What is going on? It's really creepy. And then, and then you, you have to remind yourself though. Oh, wait a minute. It's because I did all those little freaking things that felt so tedious and insignificant and even sometimes triggering, right? Yeah. And now suddenly I have money in the bank and it's like, I can do the things. And anyway, um, I could just freaking talk to you all day. I love you. Same. I love you. So fun. (laughs) Tell the audience, I might as well just land the plane, um, (laughs) tell the audience where they can find you. Um, and of course I'll leave it in the show notes. Awesome. So, um, I hang out all the time on Instagram at meredith.coviello.felice. I know that's a mouthful, so that's why you can check the show notes. Um, and then you can hang out with me every Wednesday and every other Friday on my podcast, sweat and reflect. Um, if you go to search it, wherever you listen, just use the ampersand, the fancy little symbol for the and, um, and it'll pop right up and we can chat about 
literally all the things um, that just boils down to how life is always happening for you and not to you. Oh, I just, I love it. I love it. And yes, I have listened to your podcast and I adore your podcast. I'm so excited for this show to drop um, because people need to hear your voice. They do. Thank you. So you're amazing. Thank you so much. And I will see you later. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you loved it, send it to a girlfriend or send it to five or 10. That would mean the world to me. You can also find me on Instagram at Financial Fixer and feel free to tag me there too. So until next time, my friend, show your future self some love and spend with the end in mind.